everybody, we are live at Boulevard uh, again. It's Wednesday night, so we're all drinking together. And this time, more people have beers because I peer pressured them into it last time. Um, we are doing another Facebook Live because guess what? The Chiefs are still in the playoffs. They're playing the Patriots this Sunday at Arrowhead. I almost said Saturday, and we've had one Saturday game all year, so this is a great start. Um, unfortunately, I don't have the headband tonight. Uh, I left that at home. So I don't, I can't like put on my thinking cap or anything. Uh, but we're gonna get started um, as soon as I introduce everyone here because I forgot to do that last week. Although if we're in week 20 or whatever it is and you don't know who these people are, then that's a you problem. Uh, but we've got Lynn Worthy all the way down here on the side, Sam Mellinger right here, Sam. I keep saying your name wrong in my head, but now before I say it, I you just, just nailed say, it. I know, but now yeah. I say Sam Ellinger, and then I take away, <laughs> and then I just add the M. Wow, or that guy, whatever. man. God bless him. He's got I, a I thought it was sport. a tank seven. Oh. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> and then what did you say, Sam? Was it Snarky? No, he, he, that guy. He's either got to quit the sport or win the Heisman. Like one of the <laughs> two. <laughs> Those are the only options. Uh, we've got Vahe Gregorian here, who doesn't need. I don't need a word associate him with a football player. He just. You actually, are a football player. Actually, there is a guy in the University of Texas. I don't know how you pronounce his last name, but it's V-A-H-E. And uh, I've got a picture I keep on my phone because it reminds me of my link to Sam, of him standing right behind Sam Ellinger. It's a beautiful thing. I love it. And then we have Blair Kirkhoff right here. For which nobody on the Texas team is named. None. They're all, there are also no Brooke Priors on the Texas team. So now that we have introductions out of the way, Let's jump right in. Uh, the biggest news of the day, Eric Berry was a full participant in practice, because who saw that coming? Uh, I like that you put out a grainy photo of him like the Loch Ness Monster. <laughs> Is he real? <laughs> who knows? Because that's how far away they put us. They're like, hey, we're going to put the news as far away from you as possible. So we're really going to test the, the, the depth and the length of your Zoom. And I went all the way and zoomed all the way in. Uh, Sam, what are your thoughts about the fact that Eric Berry fully practiced today? I mean, like, at the beginning of the week, I wouldn't have guessed it. I thought he was done after last week. Because my thought was, you guys know this, like, I thought he was going to save it up and let it eat, you know, during the playoffs. But, like, once he's inactive for that game, I just figured it's done. But was but it yesterday uh, they released that Ron they Parker? activated LDT? And once they cut Ron Parker, okay. They must really think this guy's going to play. Because if he doesn't, they've got three safeties. And that's pretty thin. Especially when you have, like, Orlando Skandrick. I mean, you've got some other, like, yeah. dead weight that you could cut. So once they did that, I was like, they, they must feel pretty confident that he's going to play. I don't know why. Like, why couldn't he play last week? <laughs> I don't know why. You know, what, what I mean is, um, why couldn't he play last week and right. they're this confident? that he's going to play now. Well, we like, know that, that seems the weird. communication is really good yeah. between them. A little them. bit better Eric must every have said, day. Yeah, I'm yeah, going yeah. to play. Yeah. I, I thought you were saying, I don't know why they feel confident. That's what I thought you were saying. <laughs> There's a little bit of that I think too, the, you know? the communication between Eric Berry and the Chiefs is the greatest communication <laughs> skill I've ever heard. I mean, it's, it's it seems, unbelievable. It seems like one-way communication, though, by the way. Like, well, it does seem... reminded every week how good the communication <laughs> yeah. is. Smart Alex that we are, it does seem like they sort of protest too much on this, like, because Andy always brings that up before you even ask him about that. It's like, I just want to be clear, yeah, the communication is really good. We're definitely talking. <laughs> um, but see, I, I kind of thought that when they released Ron Parker, it was more commentary on, hey, we like Jordan Lucas this much, or hey, we like what Eric Murray's been doing and Dan Sorensen, we feel good rolling with those guys. I didn't 
maybe I'm a pessimist, but I didn't think it had a ton to do with Eric Berry until today, until we find out that he's not just practicing, but he's fully practicing. There's no limited, it's a 10-10-10, yes. which, Vahe, what's a 10-10-10? 10-10-10, as we researched after last week's debacle. Jack um, could have told us, by the way. Jack could have told us. I knew the whole time. Jack didn't have to ask, Jack could have, Jack could have told. Um, 10 offensive plays, 10 defensive plays, 10 special teams plays, rinse, repeat. I don't really know why that that in itself conveys that it's not uh, full go, but um, I think it's not exactly, uh, you know, preseason camp type practice. It is interesting to me, of course, that they practiced outside, gearing up for the weather that yeah, Blair points out cold. is looking like it's going to be almost 22 degrees now with the new forecast. I'm very confused about this weather, by the way, because sometimes, like Gary Lezak said a couple days ago, it's going to be one degree at kickoff, which, by the way, is the record for the coldest team ever played at Arrowhead. Then today he said 15. Then this afternoon we see 20 to 24 degrees. Like, is it going to be 80 by Saturday? 90 well, on Sunday? What's going on? I noticed that we did all kind of adjust our predictions last week as the week went on. I think that's kind of what happens with the weather. You know, you take in the new information. Um, well, and the weather. Doppler. But, but the weather had an impact on the game. The, the over under was 57, I think, last week. It was 31-13, so I think the weather did play a factor in last week's game. I think it's going to be less of a factor Sunday than what we were thinking two days ago. I, I mean, if this forecast is right, I, and I don't care what the local weather, the meteorologists say, the National Weather Service says high of 22 to 24, that's an entirely different scenario than single digits or wind chills in the negative. It is. I mean, one thing, that's that's 22 at kickoff, right? Yeah. Which is at 540. 540, right. And, you know, so it could get into the teens or whatever, but... It could, but I, I think that bodes well for the Chiefs. I think a better conditions favor the Chiefs in this game more so than the Patriots because of, because of Tyreek Hill, because yeah. of Sammy Watkins, because of just the speed of the Chiefs. Yeah. I think, I, think, I mean, that's, I don't know what you guys think, but I, I think better conditions favor the Chiefs more than the Patriots. I think that's right. I, I think that's right. That makes sense to me. I get behind that. I think this week, yes. I think last week it did put, play into the Chiefs' favor just because when I look at the Colts and I'm like, that team did not play like you know what we had seen before. No, that team did not come out of the Dome and come into Kansas City looking like they wanted any part of what they were in. So, I mean, Andrew Luck throwing balls that were like skipping across the grass. I, I think last week it played a factor. This week two cold weather teams, I don't think it really matters that much. I think the other thing is, we saw this today, uh, those of us who were at Arrowhead, uh, they're laying the, top, the, the turf out there. They, uh, yeah, the, you got there early and we're posting photos of, of that happening. Right, they've got, so they've got the, the middle of the field got kind of chewed up in the, uh, in the Colts game. They're laying new sod in the turf into the end zone, and uh, I, you know, we didn't ask anybody, we didn't talk to anybody about there today, I'm, I'm hoping to do that tomorrow. But it looks like the field's going to be in pretty good playing shape for Sunday. And as I, as I recall, correct me if I'm wrong, that the Chiefs and the Rams were supposed to play in Mexico City, but two weeks before that game, the conditions were so bad, they couldn't play in Mexico City because of the field. Yeah. This field's going to be in shape less than, in less than a week. So Right. I've know. never thought about turf and sod so much in my life as I have this season between the Mexico City game and then today. Right. I like that. Check me if I'm wrong. Yeah, you may want to check me on this. I'm glad. I'm glad you're allowed for that. I need Don't to stutter worry. a little bit. I could be wrong. I could be I say, wrong. I say, I say. <laughs> so, 
sorry, I had to tweet out a different link because I learned we are not on the Red Zone Facebook Live page tonight. We are on, we got called up to the big leagues. We are on the Kansas City Star. Look at us. So. Moving on up. They they finally graduated. It took all year. We got called up from the practice squad to the active roster. Do we need to resend the link, though? Is that I I have sent the link. Uh, If you'd like to retweet me again, my retweet of a retweet of a retweet, uh, you can do that. This is how the the magic works, people. Yeah. Uh, this is how we disseminate information, just like this. And you and Pat Mahomes, Mahomes has pushed us to, us to the, uh, the main star page. <laughs> I thought you were going to tell me that Pat Mahomes Mike's retweeted there. our <laughs> Facebook Live, and like there's <laughs> very little chance of that happening right now. That would be a bad omen for Sunday if he was doing that. If he was on Facebook Live, yes, yes we don't want yes. that. Uh, so we've discussed a couple things. I missed some of what you guys were saying. So if I ask you to repeat a topic, just tell me no, and we'll just go off live. We'll just turn it off. Um, Eric Berry, full participant. Ron Parker release. It's going to be cold. Laurent Duvernay Tardif is active. The doctor is in. How many times have we made that joke in the last 48 hours? Too many. Lynn talked to him today, right? Uh, yeah. Did you talk to Laurent? I did. I did. LDT, the doctor? Yes, I did. Yes, I did. <laughs> did you um, get a diagnosis? The diagnosis is he's ready to play. He doesn't know how much he's going to play, but he's ready to play. That's That was my major takeaway was without saying he wants to be back in the starting lineup because you can't come out and say, I want my job back. He talked about how he thought this was a special team, a special year. He wanted to get back so so much to you know help this team maybe do something that you know hadn't done. Um, he wants to play. Like he's He feels like he's ready. I asked him, well, you know, in practice, you haven't really had that much contact. How do you know where you're at? He said he's been doing some extra stuff, pull the guy from the practice squad to do some stuff so that he can know where he's at. I think he's, I don't know if he's going to play, but I think he wants to be back in that lineup in this game, AFC Championship game. I mean, why wouldn't he? Say what, Andrew Wiley has played really well, I, I think, in, in his, in his that right guard position. And I, I don't know what they're going to do. Andy Reid said today that uh, that he's been working in with the ones, just like Eric Berry's been working in with the ones. But um, I don't think they can go wrong. No matter, I think Andrew Wiley has brought you know, just a, you know, a little nastiness to the offense. Yeah, yeah, a little bit yeah, of edge yeah, to that yeah. offensive line. I, I'm, I don't think they can go wrong there. And, and uh, uh, there's, you know, he's, on the, he's on the team, right? They, they cut Rob Parker for him, so he's on the roster. Maybe you work him in on some special teams early, and then he doesn't start this game, but starts the next one, perhaps? Uh, the next one. The next, the next one. one. Oh, okay, I thought we were Listen taking this, this one game the next at a time. One. Andy, we take your credentials. You know what? Andy's, Andy opened that door himself when he came oh, out right. at his press conference the other day. He goes, two more, right? Two more. And then he caught himself. He goes, you know, one game at a time. <laughs> so he pretty much said it like that. Column, if the worst happens on Sunday, which well, one of you guys are going to – Andy Reid looked two games ahead, and that's what's happened. I, I, I mean, look, in fairness, I think they, I think we, we all thought this. I, to some degree, Andy was borderline giddy for him after that win. I mean, I think – I mean, he, he – as much as they tried to – shrug off the, the feeling that the city was feeling about 25 years of futility. He understood what it meant to the city. And I and I, yeah. I think Andy's that way, right? Andy feels it for himself, but I think he feels it for others. He does. There, there is some personal sort of capital in this for him, too. Yeah, no doubt. Knows, no like, doubt. His, his legacy, if we can use that word, it's, it's secure, and it's a good one, but it's not as good as it would be with one more win, which is not as good as it would be with two. Like, that—that that is a big, big jump. 
I, I think it's so big. I think it's a difference between the Hall of Fame and not the Hall of Fame. You've said that just, and, and, and your point is just winning this game. Yes. Hall of Fame. This game. This not even the Hall of Fame. Which means two Super Bowl appearances. Two different teams, yeah. It's the difference between Marty Schottenheimer and Chuck Knox never getting to a Super Bowl, <laughs> Bud Grant and Marv Levy getting to Super Bowls and never winning them. I just think Andy Reid can, he'll be a Hall of Fame coach if he wins Sunday. Because Mark did it four times, one right. team, but still four. Yeah. Andy, two different teams. Two different teams, yeah. uh, a ton of wins, right? Yeah. Top 10 all time victory list. He, he, and look, if you really think this through a little bit, let's just assume for argument's sake, Andy coaches certainly five more years. He's going to be in the top five in NFL history and wins. I mean, he's at 207 now. It's going to sure. tie Chuck. Oh, yeah. Chuck Knoll is going to tie with two more wins, That's 209. Cool. I think it's Curly Lambeau is fifth with 229. Is that just regular? Uh, all all purpose. Yeah, post and, and uh, regular season and postseason. So he's probably going to end up between Curly Lambeau and Tom Landry. I think Tom Landry's next with 270. So he's going to be top five. He's going to, you know, just assuming everything sort of plays out as it has. That's pretty good. So. Would that be enough without a second Super Bowl appearance? Here's my question, though. How yeah, much pressure does he know. feel this year to get there? It's a good question. Because, like, how how important is it for him to cross that threshold, reach that milestone right now, this team, this year, these three weeks? Well, look, the thing you know is you got a number one seed this year, and that's a rarity in itself. But you also know it's the first year of the Patrick Mahomes era, however that's going to play out. But you can't assume you're going to be back. I mean, you can't assume that things are going to fall the same way any given year. So you got to grab it while it's there. Right. See, I kind of think that that there's less pressure because it felt like this season was supposed to be about building for next season. And the fact that they're here a year early is gravy. Yeah, you want to strike while the iron's hot, but I think the iron is still going to be hot, if not hotter, a year from now. So it's the Dan Marino lesson. Yeah. It's the Dan Marino lesson. So in his second year, Dan Marino, 1984, has in his 14-2. They go through the AFC. They beat the Steelers in the AFC title game. They go to the Super Bowl and lose to Joe Montana and the 49ers. And in, in a, one of the most greatly anticipated Super Bowls of all time, and Dan Marino never gets back to the Super Bowl. It's his one Super Bowl appearance. Now, Don Shula was the coach. His legacy was fine. There was no problem with Don Shula. But, but that was it for Dan Marino. And a great, great quarterback. Had spectacular career numbers and had a wonderful career. He's a Hall of Famer. But he never got back to the Super Bowl after that second year. Who would have thought? Who would have thought? I remember. I know you and I are both were the age. We remember that season. How, how it was just. He had 48 touchdown passes, and the, and the record had been 38 or 39. Yeah, he just obliterated yeah. it. There had never been a season like what Dan Marino produced in '84, and you just thought he would be that. He's the guy for the next decade. And he was statistically, but not team success. And, and also surrounded by some talent, too, he right? Did have because talent. That, that's part of the, yeah. you got know, is, is Pat sustainable? Yeah. And, you know, my lean is yes, because I, I think he's like wildly talented, obviously, but he's also got that coach. He's got Tyreek Hill. He's got, you know, but your point is a good one in that because, like, Marino was surrounded by, yeah. like, had you know, he, had, he had guys. You know? He yeah, absolutely yeah. had guys. Yeah. But it never. He got and he got to the playoffs. They couldn't get past. Couldn't get to the Super Bowl. Yeah, yeah. It's an interesting question, though, too. What Brooke mentioned the term pressure. 
that's a that's a tricky term in this instance, right? I mean, if you're, if you're an NFL head coach, if you're a player, you're in the moment, right? It's not like it's just different pressure to be in an AFC title game now than it is to do it again, right? Wouldn't you always feel that pressure in every game of the playoffs like that? that just it is. I mean, I look like I've probably been too far on the one side of the pendulum with with the quarterback, but like. What is pre- like? What is pressure to this kid? You know what I mean. Like, wh- when have we seen him even start to crack? Like, there's been little moments where you're like, "Uh oh, is this it?" At Denver, Monday night, first game, uh, first half at, at New England. At New England, yeah. yeah. And then what's he do? He wins a game left-handed. He scores uh, 40 points in New England, which I don't think anybody has done against Belichick. 31 in the second half. Yeah, which nobody has done against Belichick in that building. They lost the game, right? Um, that's more on Josh Shaw than it is, uh, and Bob Sutton than it is on. Good, on that's, Pat on, that's on my talking points list. <laughs> okay, we'll good. get to that. So, like, you know, I, there is pressure, right? Like, I get that, and but I just wonder. I think this kid, this quarterback, like, you know, if if this is who he is, I, I don't know what that means to him. Yeah, but know? so now when you say when you talk about Patrick, I think Patrick, the pressure can sort of be like, you know. You just go play. But when it's Andy, who who's in some ways has to take a little bit of a big picture, like in his mind, you've got to have some pressure because you're here now, home game. The Patriots are probably, I don't want to say one of the weaker teams, but like it's not some, it's not like the 07 Patriots. I mean, like this is a beatable Patriots team compared to some of these other big Patriots teams. And then in the back of your mind, if you're Andy, not so much Pat, but if you're Andy, you know, there's decisions that will happen from year to year, especially when you've been around as long as him. Like, maybe Justin Houston's not back, back next year. That's true. Maybe yeah. somebody gets hurt next year. Like, you're here now. This is the yeah. moment, you know? I mean, I don't think it's something that where it's like, it's going to change how he coaches, but I think if somebody feels it, yeah. it's Andy because he's got that big picture view just because of the experience and because he knows, like, the next year can be completely different. No, it's a good point. Like, uh, Pat's got longer in this league. It's, it's weird to say. But Pat's got longer in this league than Andy does at this point. Yeah. Like, Pat will outlast the coach. And the coach knows he might have Pat, like, until he retires. But he's not going to have him on that rookie contract. And, like, right. once that happens, you got to make decisions. Tyreek Hill's about to get paid. Chris Jones is about to get paid. paid. You know, yeah. uh, D. Ford is about to get paid. And I think Kelsey will be a chief for a long time yeah. as well. Yeah. But Lynn makes a good point. I mean, you, you, the injury thing and... When have they been healthier than they are right now? Yeah. I mean, when have they been healthier? I yes. mean, the only yes. guy who, yes. who's not there that you think, boy, you wish he was there was Kareem Hunt, and there's reason why he's not there. Sure. But in terms of health, this is kind of amazing for as healthy as they are. Eric Berry was a full participant. Oh, <laughs> oh for the 10 10 10, whatever that means. Yeah. Well, Speaking of, uh, I want to go back to Josh Shaw uh, and, and Bob Sutton, because who doesn't want to do that? Uh, and we had a question here a second ago, if I can, oh no, if I can scroll up and find it. Uh, we were asked, what are the defensive changes that have happened since, yeah, there we go, Cindy, what changes have occurred in the defensive plan since we played the Patriots earlier in the season and they scored so many points? For one thing, Josh Shaw is not on the team, so that's great. Uh, though I don't really know that he was a huge part of the defensive plan to begin with, but he happened to end up on Gronk there at the end of the game. 
So let's answer Cindy's question. Lynn, I'll start with you. What are the biggest changes that you've noticed in this defensive plan between that first meeting and now? Or do you or you expect to happen? To me, it's just personnel. The biggest one is personnel. I mean, aside from the fact that in that first game you had injuries, I mean, not to, Justin Houston didn't play in that game. Your safeties in that game, I believe, starting the game were Parker and Lucas, where you're looking at potentially Sorensen and um, uh, Eric Berry this time around. Um, Traverius Ward, Sam's new boy, <laughs> is, was start, is now starting a corner and looked pretty good the last couple of weeks. You know, for as much crap as he took after that Seattle game, he's looked pretty good against Indianapolis. Um, so to me, the biggest thing is personnel. Anybody over here? Well, I was swallowing my beer. That's so. a huge difference, right? Yeah. Like, um, because Justin Houston, like, if you go back, like, the times they played the Patriots with Andy Reid, is this the first time that both those guys have been healthy? Houston and D4? Yeah. Uh, that playoff the, the game. The 14 game, uh, maybe? Was, where was Barry in 14? Is he, is that his, is he out that game? I mean, D4 and Justin Houston oh. were healthy that game. Oh. Or no, no, they had Tamba, too. Yeah, they had Tamba. Yeah, yeah. So they had two pass rushers, and they, and they won, and that was in this That's building, like right? Like, I, I think that matters. And Chris game, Jones though. coming up the middle. Justin Houston didn't, didn't play. Didn't play. Houston, started, right? right. Was gone yeah, played like yeah. two yeah. sacks yeah. or whatever. Yep. Um, that stuff matters. Like, the, the thing about Tom Brady, um, like, he doesn't move as well as he used to, and he didn't used to move all that well. So if you can get to him, you know, that's when you affect him. He gets the ball out really quick, so sometimes it doesn't matter what you do. But still, you've got uh, – we always talk about Chris Jones, and he's the star. But Alan Bailey's pretty good, too. And then you got these two guys coming around the edge. Like, that's, that's how you – you're not going to beat them that way. Like, that, that's how you kind of hold them down a little bit. And look, like – Patriots are fully capable of scoring 43 again, like on this yeah. defense. But the the Chiefs defense, I do think, like the personnel, it's not just a little bit different. Like, I mean, it's a lot different. I think. Oh, no, and, it's really like a yeah. like 25 percent, the biggest 30 one. Percent of yeah. the defense, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. that's that's pretty significant. Yeah. I do think they were doing some different things. I mean, I'm like, you did a really good piece. Uh, you should check it out on KansasCity.com <laughs> about like how the defense was doing a little bit differently. It seemed like they had some different blitz schemes. They were like well, taking advantage of some matchups. It was, it was, it, it was different. It, it's hard to like. I mean, I, and without having all the numbers in front of me, it's hard to quantify. Like I've, I know I've seen some of those things at times during the season. I just don't know. I couldn't tell you if there's a game where you saw all of it in one, yeah, yeah, at yeah. one time. But I do think some of those things they did, there's potentially for carryover because, like, making sure you keep them in the pocket but then pressuring up the middle. Like, everybody who's seen Tom Brady play for the last 20 years knows if you can get pressure up the middle, that's what bothers you. You know, that's, that's how you get to him. Like, coming off the edge, okay, maybe. But he's so good at, in the pocket, stepping up and working it. Sort of, you know, like, you see Pat do it sometimes. And Pat might get out and run. But Brady just stays in there, just sort of, you know, works the pocket. Um, coming up the middle is huge against Brady. And that's one of those things they did this past week. They did it different ways. They did it with blitzes. They did it with stunts, which, you know, people, I mean, if you go by my, you know, people, all of our Twitter feeds, it's been weeks since into the season. Everybody's been hollering about, how can they do, do more of this? How, many, how come they don't do more of that? Um, diff, just different looks to make sure they got one-on-one -on -one matchups. They did all of that. So I think, depending on what they can carry over, that's going to be crucial for Tom Brady. And you mentioned how fast he gets the ball off. Well, Andrew Luck was one of the fastest, you know, this season. I think it was seventh fastest in terms of time getting out of his hands. And they did things just to make him hold it, too. So, I mean, if you can do that, 
that bodes well. Yeah. Yeah. Derek Nottie coming up. I, I thought Nottie was terrific on Saturday, too. Like, if he, if he can be that force, I know he plays, like, pretty much just rundowns. But if he can come up the middle and collapse that pocket a little bit, I think that can make a difference, too. Hey, it's Blair Kirkhoff, and if you're listening to this, you love Kansas City sports, whether it's the Chiefs, Royals, Sporting, Mizzou, KU, or K-State. And no one covers these teams like the Kansas City Star. If you currently subscribe to the paper or have a digital subscription, thank you for your support. And if you don't, here's a great offer. It's called Sports Pass, unlimited digital access to every sports story and video on KansasCity.com. And it's just $30 for the first year. It's the best sports value in town. Just eight cents a day or two fifty a month. You can't beat that. Subscribe now at KansasCity.com/sportspass. Well, if we're looking at one player, maybe or two, what, however many players you want to pick on the Patriots team, they're going to give the Chiefs the most trouble offensively. We haven't done one of these like lightning rounds, so maybe we won't do lightning round. It'll be like a, a slow thunder rumble round. Uh, of, <laughs> who, you, who you think will give the Chiefs the most trouble? Blair, let's start with well, you. Well, I think the run, James White, the running back, I mean, would he have 15 receptions against the Chargers? I mean, that's, <laughs> that's, that's he, he's he's their safety valve, right? He's the, he's the check down guy. He's, everybody else is covered and he's available. And he had a huge game against the Chargers. And that's why Dorian O'Daniel, I think, is important, right? I mean, getting him back and getting him out. Didn't practice today, right? Didn't, yeah. he, he's the one. Who no, no. Wait, he, he, he did not practice, and I don't think he practiced last week either. Right. So, I mean, so I, maybe I, at this point, I'm just not sure that you're going to see. I mean, I, I wouldn't count on it. Um, and I think, and I don't have, you know, but I think James White had a big game against them that first time. Yeah, I did. Six, he did. You know, I think receiving-wise, I think might have been close to 100 yards. I got the number in my head is 97, but I'm not entirely sure about that. But I mean, but it's 197. It's too much to be given up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So he's the guy. The the game in in New England that the Chiefs won to open 2017 was the Eric Berry game, right? With he just did this marvelous job on Gronkowski. Gronkowski Sunday against the Chargers was a blocker. I mean, he caught one pass. It was a yeah. big pass, you know. But but he but he was he blocked the whole game. I kind of think that you know I think if Eric Berry's back, he, he looks at that as a, his challenge, and and, and that th- those two guys are kind of neutralize each other. I think so. That's why I think James White's the guy. Of course, Sonny Michelle's terrific, but I think James White's the key figure. Well, and if you mentioned Dorian O'Daniel. Depending on how the Patriots line up, I mean, it might be one of those games where they would have minimized his impact anyway just by personnel because if they come out with two running backs and a tight end, Dorian O'Daniel's probably not on the field that much. I mean, that's just... Right, that's right. And last last time they played, I think it was about... um, I was going to say a third, but it's actually more than a third. The number is like 33 snaps, so it was like 40% of the offense, time the offense was on the field, they had a fullback in the game. That usually means Reggie Ragland's on the field. So that's, you know, so that's, those are snaps that Dorian O'Daniel wouldn't be on the field most likely anyway. And without, you know, um, memorizing the numbers from last week, they had a fullback and a tight end on the field a lot against the Chargers. So, again, it's going to be a Ragland-Hitchens day most likely. And then in passing downs, you'll probably see Sorensen in there. I agree. All right. Sorry. I'm managing everything over here. Going to the and doing a terrific job, by the way. Thank you. I don't feel like it. Uh, Looking on the other side of the ball, we just talked about James White and what a threat he is, the passes he was catching, the the way that he can run also. 
Can Damian Williams replicate what Kareem Hunt was able to do for the Chiefs offense the last couple times they played the Patriots? Kareem Hunt was kind of that guy. He caught the ball right out of the backfield. He could run. He could do a little bit of everything. Is Damian Williams capable of stepping in and filling that role? But hey, we're going to start in the well, middle. Let's I, I, bear in mind that those two games Kareem Hunt had, he had, I think, like 370, 400 total yards in two games, right? Cover yeah. Sports Illustrated after Cover the first Sports one. Cover Sports Illustrated after the first one. You know, 105 passing yards, pass receiving yards in the game this year, 80 or something rushing. So it, it's, I don't think the Chiefs will try to use him that way, right? I don't think they, they see Damian quite like that. I think they see him as a guy with more specific skills. We've, we've talked about this last week. I think Damian Williams can handle the screen, but I don't I don't think it's a special thing the way it is with Kareem Hunt. And that, that stood out in, in a few different ways, right? Although, actually, the play I always think of with Kareem Hunt against the Patriots was he ran basically a post uh, in that first game, uh, his rookie, oh my gosh, rookie yeah. year, right? It was like a 78-yard or 67-yard touchdown. So, I, I don't think they'll seek it that way, but I, I, I think that's okay. I mean, I, I just I think he'll still be an essential part of the game plan, but I don't think I don't think they can be thinking they're going to build around him quite like they might have around Kareem. And of course, Tyreek Hill had a pretty good game last time out too. Yeah, yeah. We haven't seen them do the same things with Damian Williams that we saw them do with Kareem. That that kind of vertical route against yeah, yeah. the Patriots. Um, there's some things in the screen game that I'm thinking of, like particularly like at Denver, they did a lot with Kareem, like in the screen game, and they use Damian in those situations, but not the same way. He can't break, or at least we haven't seen him break the the play against the Browns in Cleveland, uh, 50 yards or whatever it was. First touchdown. Yeah, we, we haven't seen Damian, you know, like that. Like I think Damian Williams is a good back. But he's not. His 10-yard you know, touchdown up. run against the first touchdown against the Colts on Saturday, where he broke. You know, that was he, terrific. Yeah, I yeah. thought that was. I, uh, I don't think I'd seen quite that. I, I thought he, that was pretty impressive. He also had like I don't think they lose all that much in the run game. Um, do you guys remember it was early in the game in Seattle? He had a run where he made a ton of guys miss and kind of went around the left side, and it looked like he was tackled. Yeah. And then he still yeah. made like. 10, 12, 15 more yards, like good balance. That was always the thing that stuck out to me the most about Kareem Hunt, the balance, especially down the sideline. He showed that. So in the run game, I still think Kareem Hunt is better, but I don't think they lose that much. It's just in the screen game, I do think it's different. Just the, the you know, the, the menu becomes smaller, you know, yeah, of, of yeah. the plays they can call. I like, and you've written about this a lot. I love how he's always trying to prove himself too. Yeah. He, yeah. he has that. Yeah. He, that that's that's big. That's big when you when you have doubters and hatred been playing that card all week. But but Damian Williams can truly play that card. Oh yeah, he absolutely can. I mean, he's a guy that's been doubted since high school, and kind of every stop along the way, he's had to prove himself. Um, and I really, I thought he was great today. I think it was funny hearing Andy say, like, talk about his personality, how much he laughs in the locker room. Is just a guy that that's infectious that you want to be around, which is what I'd heard from his mom and his high school coach. But to hear Andy Reid say it, it's like, okay, yeah, I mean, I guess this guy does have a presence in this locker room and is bringing something different to the position. I, I thought he had a real presence at the podium today. I thought he did too. More, thought, honestly, more than Kareem Hunt ever had in, in the limited yeah, experience that he I was, had. Yeah, I, yeah. I, he laid out some really interesting things. I, I thought his uh, words about Patrick Mahomes' leadership and how Patrick is all over the locker room. Right. I mean, we've kind of observed that, but I hadn't heard anybody really sort of state it as eloquently as he did today. Right. How did, how 
was he describing his shot, though? Because that's what we were all trying to figure out. He said um, a, a little hezzy to it, which I don't know what that means. Hesitation? Uh, a little hesitation I, move, maybe? I don't know, but what I remember of watching Patrick Mahomes, the Chiefs have a basketball court, uh, one, one net in the locker room, and it's kind of right in the middle of the locker room. And there have been days where we've seen him playing these kind of tournament games, not one-on-one not -on -one or two-on-two, -on -two, but shot games. I, one out. of the days we were in there, Play yeah, knockout. Out. Patrick took a shot. It was certainly an NBA three-pointer. I think he was in flip-flops and a towel. And he launched it. It had to go underneath a, a pillar or a, 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 a part of the beam that hangs down and just go and just swished right in. He just walked right into the shower. <laughs> and I, I sort of thought, yeah, that's 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 athleticism. Yeah, I, that's an athlete. So maybe 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 Dame is a little little jelly. Could be, could be. Yeah. <laughs> Damien though, by the way. What? Jelly. That got me. That got me. A little a little jelly about the hezzy. Yeah. <laughs> that's why I said it. Because I wanted to make sure I was, you know, speaking the right. You're hip to you know, the hip to jargon. the lingo. <laughs> Damien, by the way, was a baseball player first. I uh, learned that. Hated it. And his baseball coach said, if you, with your athleticism, if you like a sport, I can't imagine how good you're going to be because you're good at baseball and you hate it and you don't really try. So. Like Kyler Murray, huh? Yes. He, how, he, how he hates baseball. Yes. Yo, yeah. We could have a whole Facebook Live just on that. Uh, uh, and if you want to talk about uh, the old chip on the shoulder and sort of creating that, was it? I mean, his injury... The one that ended his time with the Dolphins. On his literal shoulder, against yeah. Against the Patriots, right? Well, yeah. it's a really interesting combination, right? The oh, yes. Colts, and Colts didn't want him. Right? And he, he, he had that on his shoulder, and now, yeah. now the Patriots hurt him. So. Damien Williams is a gift that keeps on giving. I'm pretty sure I just write a new installment of his story every couple days. I wonder how the Saints did him wrong. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll find out soon, perhaps. Maybe. Uh, let's see. What else? So... Another thing on the offense, I feel like the minute that you know, well, there was it was a long time coming for the Patriots to win. That was a bit of a blowout. Um, but when it became apparent that they were going to win, I saw the phrase "passing the torch" about a hundred times on Twitter from Mahomes to Brady or Brady to Mahomes uh, on Sunday. Is that is that a real storyline? Is that something? How significant is that going to be this weekend? Sam, your face says no, not at all. So let's skip this question. It's no, 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 no. It's worth talking about. It. Yeah, yeah, it is. The the thing, yes, like if it happens, if the Chiefs win, sure, like we can talk. But like torch passed. We we all do this, and I mean like people like us and people like you know that oh, are watching. This. <laughs> yeah. uh, like we all today. do this. We get ahead of it, right? Like um, if if Patrick Mahomes beats Tom Brady in this game, sure. Like, that's something to talk about. AFC, you know, it's the eighth straight game, is that right, that, that the Patriots have played? Uh, eighth straight AFC championship game. Um, it, it becomes a legitimate thing, but, like, if the Patriots win, then, you know, it just becomes, like, it's the same thing that Blake Bortles did last year, you know? Right. And nobody was talking about that. Man, you don't right? want to like, be in the same category as Blake Bortles. And, and you know, it, it just, like, I heard, uh, you know, there's a couple of people, like, um, um, Oh, is this the end of the Patriots dynasty and the beginning of the Chiefs dynasty? Right. Like, you know, let's pump the brakes a little bit. Like, because, like, in human history, like, we have gotten it wrong way more about predicting the next dynasty than we have, like, 
you know, just Looking wait and see what happens. <laughs> yeah, you know what yeah. I mean? Like, and yet they're printing T-shirts in New England about this very sob subject. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, I don't know, man. Let's right. uh, let's see what happens. Not against yeah. us. Not yeah. against us. Yeah, let's, ch- let's <laughs> chat about that also, because oh. what? Oh, my God. <laughs> if you're the Patriots, you're not the underdog. That's like Duke. Duke is never the underdog. Like, you're, you're the evil empire. You can't play the nobody believed in us card. You have lots of believers. I've got strong feelings about this. Go ahead. Uh, the nobody believed in us thing is the most tired act in sports. In 2012, I don't know if you were there, USA Basketball. Oh, yeah. You, you were in the yes, Olympics. Yes, yeah, Did yeah, you yeah, hear that? Yes, yes, yes. USA yes. Basketball was saying, like, they said we couldn't do it. Nobody believed in us. <laughs> Literally everyone said you could the do it. The team with, like, LeBron and, like, like whoever else they had. Like, it, it, it is just so like tired and look like I get like he's he's an underdog like Tom Brady's an underdog for the first time in yeah. 67 like, games right but like nobody said you sucked Tom Brady might like, be an underdog in that. this specific game but in life he's not an underdog in life like <laughs> he's always the favorite yeah that, that 199th says. pick thing expired <laughs> yeah. a long time ago like I just <laughs> the fact that they're so, selling yeah. t-shirts that say bet against us in the Patriots logo oh, is God. just laughable yeah if just well whatever whatever gets you gets you into the game right i mean it seems silly it seems silly they need to play on that it's so dumb really you can't just be motivated for the game it's so right you You have to manufacture the storyline it's like a fun like like we all have like way too much time on our hands there's too much time between games like we gotta find a way to fill it that's on people like us and people like you (laughs) um but like the Patriots aren't going to be any. They can they can talk about it. It makes for like a cool like. If you're a Patriots fan, like yeah, bet against us. I'm gonna yeah. buy that T-shirt as long as it's like a tri-blend or whatever. But like, um, they're not going to be any better on Sunday because of this, right? No, like, no, no, but the fact they're going to be great. Brady, that Brady introduced it as he was walking off the field Sunday. Like, oh, he kind of looked like he knew what he was doing. Like, oh, kind of was like, they said, yeah, that we suck. That's right, Tracy Wolfson said, Is anybody oh, going to really believe this? <laughs> and I, I saw on the, on the transcript, I can't remember whether a question was asked if they, they were aware of him saying that on TV, but on the transcript or, or whatever he said after the game in the interview room, he didn't go there. No, he didn't. He you just know, said, I, I just I, like winning. That's I don't it. know. Was he presented the chance to? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Follow, yeah. yeah. You know, all he said was, I just like winning. Oh. I think he was having a flashback to the first Super Bowl they won against the Rams, where they, nobody thought they could do that one. <laughs> <laughs> and they, yeah, I believe that. Was that. Accurate. I, that was accurate. That was true. That was totally accurate. accurate. But yeah, I mean, like, you're the greatest quarterback in NFL history. You've won more Super Bowls, Nobody right, than anybody else. Nobody has literally ever said that you suck. You know, Brazilian supermodel wife. Like, you know, people don't think you suck. I do think that maybe uh, for, a, for a Facebook Live later in the week, we should talk about where Brady was at this point of Patrick, where Patrick Mahomes. Nobody expected Brady to be Brady, right? Yeah. We're all expecting Patrick Mahomes to be Brady yeah. or something. I, I think that's an interesting that topic like a for a little bit of okay. game manager that, that first year. Yeah. 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 yeah, exactly. That sounds like a, a Mellinger column. Okay. <laughs> Pencil that in editor, 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 editor Jack. Yeah. All right, I'll do it, Jack. <laughs> <laughs> Although, speaking of things that you've written, you wrote a really great story on Charvarius Ward. Um, it looked like oh, it's over 2,000 words. Probably. Do you want to boil it down to like less than that? Uh, or yeah. just tease it so people will want to go read the. KansasCity.com um, or a newsstand near you. Um, Charvarius Ward, who everybody here knows I've been a fan of. Uh, I 
even thought he played well in the Seattle game. I thought there were just like perfect throws from he was a Hall in the of right Fame place. quarterback he seemed to, be in the right to place. a star receiver. I didn't think he played that bad. Too many penalties, but whatever. Um, he's got like as it turns out, he's like got this incredible story where he they, they held him back in kindergarten because um, they thought he had a learning disability. Turns out he just couldn't see. They gave him glasses, and he got like he, he graduated from high school with a three eight. Skipped his sophomore year because they were like, "Well, okay, I guess you're smart now." Um, also, spent. I mean, I thought this was a great story even before undrafted. You know, free, rookie free agent comes in like gives them a legitimate, tangible boost. And and I was like, "But you never played until your senior year in high school." And he was like. And I thought it was a great story anyway. And he goes, whoa, 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 whoa. The, the reason that I quit after peewee football is that, like, they thought I had cancer because I broke my hip. And there's still, like, a plate in the hip. So I was in a wheelchair for a while. And I'm like, man, like, I didn't need this. You know, like, <laughs> now you're going to write a book. a great story, you know. Um, but th there was, like, a two-year period starting in uh, second grade where he spent I don't know if it's 24 months, but more than half of that two-year period, either on crutches or in a wheelchair recovering from surgery to, um, you know, to take out a cyst in his hip bone. Yes. That's a long time. Yeah. That's and, a long time. And now here he is. Like, uh, there's not an athlete in his family, apparently, but he's 6'1", 200 pounds, runs a 4'4", 11-foot broad jump, uh, Macomb, Mississippi. Gerard Dyson's home. No. Oh, how about that? Yeah. Yeah. So, has he been on Gerard Dyson Boulevard or whatever that street is? <laughs> should have asked him. Yeah, yeah, I was curious. Well, it, you got you yeah. to come back with something else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he didn't actually have cancer, right? Correct. Yeah, yeah. It was, it was a cyst. It was benign. Is that the benign? Yep. Yeah. Benign. We're uh, all doctors here. So, yeah. if he had, that would have been another like three stars and another. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so, so he went uh, Macomb High, one year, uh, Hines Community College, two years, Middle Tennessee State, two more years, undrafted free agent, um, and here he is, right? Like, I mean, he's a key part of this. He's got long arms. I think he can play. Like, I think this is more than a, like, people like us remember Marcus Cooper, right? Uh, yes, we do. I don't think this is, were you, were you around for Marcus yeah, Cooper? Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. People like us. Um, I don't think this is Marcus Cooper. I, I, I think he's like more physically gifted than Marcus Cooper. How, how fast really is he? Uh, uh, they said 4-4. 4-4, four, four. Four, four. so does that make him top five on the team? I don't know. I, I looked up the average uh, NFL combine, the average measurements for, for each position. And for cornerback, he was, uh, he was above average in basically everything but bench press. It was uh, height, weight, uh, reach, it's uh, uh, 33 and a half inch. Anyway, height, weight, reach, hands, hand size, uh, vertical, broad jump. He was above average in like everything. And and the people with the Chiefs, like they'll tell you, like he's got talent. Like he just needs he needs to play. He needs reps. What what he needs to be doing is saying that's what speed do. <laughs> yeah. Like Gerard yeah, Dyson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We need yeah. we, we're right. gonna need Dyson but, on this if well, they if they advance. Speaking of speed, though, it's interesting that um, Traymond Smith. Mm -hmm. Famously, the second fastest guy on the team, right? He um, says. Dave Tobe said, right? Dave Tobe oh. said. Yep. Yep. Okay, I thought uh, Tyreek said. Tyreek says DeMarcus, though. Yeah, we heard that. But Dave Tobe was the one who said yeah. that in camp. Yeah, that's right. Um, Lion. Shervarius uh, passed Tremont Smith on the depth chart like pretty quickly. Like yeah, that happened did. pretty right. quickly. Yeah. And, then, uh, and then there was a moment um, early December. 
uh, I believe before like the Baltimore game where they, they, they were going to play him. They were going to start him. And he just had a bad week of practice, didn't play. And then I think it took the, the non-switch switch, you know, against the Chargers. And now, like, look, they, he wore it in Seattle. Like, just, you know, it was a bad game or whatever. But, like, against Oakland, it's Oakland, whatever. But then to do that against Indianapolis, he was covering T.Y. Hilton. Yeah, a lot, a lot of that game. Yeah. Uh, and another challenge on Sunday. But he's just, it's a terrific, not me, like, not his story is a terrific story. I hope you guys read it because he's got he's got an incredible story to share. Well, we're going to sign off very shortly so you guys can all go read Sam's story because it's going to take a while, but it's worth every minute. Uh, before we go, though, let's give, should we do score predictions today or save it for tomorrow? Because spoiler alert, we're coming back tomorrow or Friday or afternoon. Friday. We haven't decided. TBD, uh, because we don't know if you really need to see us two times back to back. But we'll be back again later this week. Do you guys want to save score predictions for later this week, or would you like to toss them out now? Are we going to let them evolve like weather forecasts, or do we got to dig in? I think mm, they, they ha you have to dig in. That's No, 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 no. they can evolve, because my evolved last week. I was trying to think, like, I don't want to be a hypocrite here. Mine evolved like six times last week. <laughs> What'd you settle on? Uh, 31-13 <laughs> <laughs> I remember that. Nailed yeah, it. yeah. Just, that was, yeah. Nailed. You just hit the nail on the head. So, Let's save it. Save all right, it, we'll cry. save it. And on that note, though, we are going to sign off because uh, we want to leave you guys wanting more, which we'll give you uh, later this week. So for everybody here, um, sign off. You can follow all of our work on KansasCity.com, on the Facebook page, in the Red Zone app, and the Kansas City Star app, on Twitter. You name it, you can find it also in your paper every morning. So we will see you guys later.